Ugg no wanna do this anymore. Ugg gonna do it for real this time. <laughs> I know! Ugg! Wait! There's so much to live for, Ugg! Ugg can no longer scrounge for berries. No, Ugg! You're listening to America's most prehistoric podcast, The Pod People. I'm the woolly man, Matisse Van Rossum. I'm Ben Sheets, the uh, prehistoric king of fire. Hi, and I'm Cleveland Mosier, and tonight we're going to go back in time and uncover the mysteries there. We're going to be real history detectives, and that's why you can call me Cro-Magnon P.I. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That was so much worse. You were hyping that one up before the episode. I don't know what you're talking about. It's fine. A lot of preamble for a mediocre joke. Call me Ugg Selleck. We just we just got home. <laughs> we just got home from the movies. We just saw our second new film of 2024. We're here to talk about the brand new Out of Darkness, a film that we didn't predict because it. Kind of came up out of nowhere. Out of the darkness. Out yeah. of the darkness, if you will. I this, will. Yeah, this is the uh, the feature-length directorial debut of uh, a- Adam Cumming? Sure. Is Andrew Cumming. Andrew is coming, not Adam. Um, someone's coming. That's someone's, all that matters. Someone's coming. This is a prehistoric Stone Age horror film. Um, More of this genre, please. Yeah. Um, what, a, what a great idea. Well, yeah. I, uh, somebody, uh, one of one of our our, our uh, kind Patreon subscribers shared this trailer a few weeks ago, and uh, I was I was looking it up because it kind of came out of nowhere. I guess it's been sort of dancing around the festival circuit for like the last couple of years. Um, I think it screened at a couple of festivals in like 2021 under a different title. Um, I can't remember what that title was. Uh, and then I don't know why it got shelved until now. I don't know if there were maybe reshoots or just waiting for a more opportune time to release it, but it's out, it's here and we saw it and we're going to talk about it. Well, it's it's kind of unique in that like there's not many caveman movies. No, out there. really, the 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 last one that I can think of was uh, did you ever see that god awful movie Ten Thousand BC? Oof. I sure did, and I have no memory no. of it. I, I know I saw it, but I, I couldn't tell you. I remember about it coming out. I but... think it's a Roland Emmerich movie. I might be remembering that incorrectly, yeah, that but it, yeah, it, yeah. Uh, I, I did see that in the theaters, and it was pretty dog shit. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, well, no, 65 doesn't really count. No, no, it's no. not. That's no, 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 like no. a sci-fi film. It's not even, like... Yeah, that's that's totally a sci-fi film. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, well, it, it's crazy to me. You think, like, considering, like, the, the production value of it, that more people would try it. I mean, it's so easy. A caveman could do it. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, y'all ever see that uh, caveman... T- <laughs> sitcom that they did didn't it didn't it get canceled after like four episodes or something like that yeah yeah he canceled almost immediately yeah it's a weird spectacle though because like it's one of the only tv shows 
where it's based on like advertising a commercial yeah, yeah. Right. fucking geico commercials I, I i have seen uh when i'm watching stuff on like hulu and hbo that uh geico has circled around to bringing the caveman back they um, they kind of yeah, every few years they flip back yeah to it's uh mascots anyway we're not here to talk about geico commercials Please, no. yeah. um yeah you know I'm I'm very mixed on this movie. We we just got out of it and I have a lot of thoughts and it's difficult I think for for me to talk about it without sort of spoiling things. Um but I'm going to I'm going to do my best um, cuz I man, I I really 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 liked this movie for about 2 thirds of it. Okay. We can we can talk about all that stuff first, but mm. I I do think that it's cool that a movie like this can get made because, like you said, you don't see many, like, caveman <laughs> films, prehistoric films, especially in a genre like horror that have, you know, such a, a high production value. Um, they, they even created a entire fictional language for this film that all of the actors are speaking it's not in english um and like I, yeah that that stuff i i think is 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 really interesting and kind of surprising to see in like a modern film where you know the the tendency is to go like so commercial and marketable and like this movie is not that really no i mean it's uh there there is no native language to view this i mean like literally everyone is going to be watching and it's going to be watching it with subtitles right. um which i mean obviously for like us isn't a isn't any kind of a deal breaker but for like, yeah for broad audiences unfortunately yeah it, it, it does it does make it mu- much less uh marketable it makes it a, a, a much more niche genre kind of thing i mean this movie was never going to be marketed towards a wide audience True. No. it's obvious like they're trying to ape like a lot of the atmosphere cues of something like the witch yes, yes. in the first half and i, they do it pretty well. I will say i probably like this movie the least out of the three of us i was not a big fan i found it kind of boring especially in the first half um it picks up in the second act a little bit however like you said the third act lost me again yeah um i I will say like it felt a little pretentious because a lot of the movie is running around not doing anything and you know the weight is put on like this artificial language even though a lot of the characters aren't really likable i disagree with all of that i i I loved the movie i thought it was great front to back i think we're gonna have a little contention on this episode and we can dig into all those details but i found the characters to be compelling i found the atmosphere to be uh to put me on the edge of my seat from the beginning too, and I and I found the vibes to be impeccable. Yeah, uh, I I, uh, I I especially the the score. I thought the sound design was amazing. The score is great. Like, it's the yeah, best part. Yeah, of and, and from the beginning too. And I and I just yeah, I, I just love those like really vast shots of Scotland. Um, as it's it's made very apparent. Uh, the, the film I think it's it was one of the production companies was literally like film Scotland. Yeah, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna shoot your your movie in in a, I a mean, paleolithic Sc- looking era, yeah, area, Scotland right? is a is a great ha, you know has great primordial landscapes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah you know, I I 
I disagree about the pretension thing, and I'm I'm with you, Cleve. Like I think I think the the atmosphere is is impeccable. I I do think that none of the characters are particularly likable, but I do think that's by design. Yes. I think there's some complexity to them. And I don't think that the movie is trying to be carried on its art by its artificial language. It's just a very simple story. You know, I, I think that there there's a, a fair argument to be made that there that it's there's not a lot of like nuance or complexity, and especially by the end, there's not a lot of nuance. <laughs> but I will say, like, yeah, I I having just gotten back from seeing it, I'm. Pr- I'm feeling pretty sour on it just because how much I didn't like the third act. But like for the first, you know, the movie's a tight nine. I think it's 87 minutes. It's, you know, uh, it's not long. And for like probably the first hour, I was like, this is like tailor made my, my jam. Like I was, I was totally locked in. Um, and and I, I think that it does a lot of things very effectively until it all of a sudden doesn't. We'll get there. Yeah, so it seems, between all of us, we can all agree that the film has a very clear three-act structure. Yes. So how about, let's just go from, from act one to the end. But but also, I think this is a great time to note, too, and it's been a little while since we've had an episode where I think we've cast a pretty broad spectrum of opinion yeah. on, on something. So I would say for, for any, anyone listening, I'd probably stop now, go watch it, get your own opinion. See it, see, see. see for yourself. Yeah, I, I think I think it probably that probably will be the most rewarding experience. I, I don't feel like podcast. this movie is one that can really be spoiled at the same time. I, if anything, I, I think the thing to be spoiled probably will warn you about what you're getting into here. No, I, I, I disagree. I think, I think that a lot of the tension is, is held up on the mystery of what they're, they're encountering. And yeah, I, I think that that would absolutely change the experience uh, for the good or for bad. Every spoiling things is kind of subjective. Everybody has their own uh, limit for what they consider a spoiler, what they do and don't want. So, I mean, just sure, yeah. as, kind of as, it, yeah, it's arbitrary as usual, as with every episode of the podcast. Like, we're going to be discussing the entire film in detail. So, if you don't want it spoiled, stop now, go see it, draw your own opinions. Otherwise, here we go. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I do. I would like to, from here, probably do it in like a linear fashion. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. No, I think, I think that's, I think that is a, a good way to yeah. do it because, uh, I'm going to start complaining really hard towards the end. And I, I would like to at least give, uh, everything up to that. It's flowers. Cause exactly. I do think, I do think it deserves it. Um, so anyway, the film, very simple premise. It's set 45,000 years ago in this, during the stone age, we're following a small group of nomads who have just sailed across the sea, which sea, we don't know, whatever, but they have come to a new land seeking a new home. We don't really know where they come from or, you know, what the backstory is. There's some reference to the elders and people going south so this group kind of has the vibe of outcasts, yes. sort of, sort of striking out to to find their own little territory that they can carve out and make their own. You know, it starts with them sitting around a fire at night, 
telling, you know, stories and they start by basically telling their own story of sailing away to the promised land. But when you get to the new land, it turns out it's not what everybody thought. It's barren. It's windswept. There's no food. And they're slowly starving to death. Mm -hmm. And that's that's where we start off. And as the film progresses, the party uh, encounters something in the dark that begins to hunt them, and uh, the movie then basically just becomes a sort of cat and mouse monster is chasing the people, people trying to not be killed by monster. The general uh, outline, very simple. Something that I, I liked about this film right from the bat is it reminded me of a documentary series that would show, like, cavemen, you know, like, around a campfire telling a story, but with, like, such a production. Yeah, much higher production, production value. value, yeah. And, uh, you know, as, like, a history nerd, uh, like, I I adore that. Like, it, it, it really kind of lit up all my synapses, and getting to hear their their story was 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 clever i i i enjoyed that the our exposition is given in the form of one of them telling like an ironic story to the yeah. kid and and two i thought that scene just around the fire the way that everyone chips into the story uh allows us to get a strong sense of each of their personalities very quickly it's the young boy uh heron mm-hmm. and um he he asks uh one of the strays to 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 tell him a story she doesn't really want to she's not feeling it um uh we later learn why which i like and uh heron's father who immediately asserts himself is like the dominant one in the group he's the the chief basically essentially yeah like um you know like insists and like like kind of forces her to tell a story and she doesn't know how to and then the old man comes in yeah and the the elder comes in and he tells it instead and of course, he tell he tells it ironically, and it's just their story, right? Just wonderful. I, I really like that. Um, and uh, you know, we also get the the chief. I guess, I guess we'll just call him the chief. It's just the easiest, I think, shorthand. What did, he has a yeah, cool name. A, uh, Adem, Adem, Adem yeah, yeah. A- a- Adam basically, but with an e. Yeah, Ad- yeah. Adem, yeah. Adem, and Aviv. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, Adam. Uh, well, yeah, his wife, the the who's pregnant is is Ave. A V E. Yeah, so yeah a little is. on. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, yeah. yeah well, I didn't even catch it until now. But uh, yeah, Adam is uh, you know like very like protective of his wife, and we can see that he sort of made this other stray his second hand guy. But you get a sense that like he was probably kicked out of the tribe too because of how. Uh, no, the younger guy is, is the younger guy is his brother. Is his is younger right? brother? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. There's yeah. only one stray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the girl. Right. Yeah the the youngest girl. Yeah. So you so you've got Adem, who's the the chieftain, the leader. Um, the other woman, Ave, who's pregnant with his daughter. His son, Heron, uh, and then Gare is his younger brother, uh, and. Uh, Odal is the old man, something like that, and then you've got Bea, who is like a young teenage girl, mm-hmm. um, who yeah they 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 call her the stray. They've she's sort of like glommed on to their group, and she's the only one in the tribe, so to speak, who doesn't have like a defined function. Something that all the characters come back to regularly. You yeah. know, they've all got their own personalities they're all bickering adam is very uh very domineering um kind of cruel 
headstrong, but, you know, is also bearing the weight of, like, these people's well-being and trying to find them food and shelter, so on and so forth. Yeah, I, I like that necessary dynamic where he, they very much need him for protection. He's big and strong and powerful, yeah. but also it's regrettable. Like, he, he treats, you know, everyone around him, you know, terribly. Yeah. And um, it, 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 it put me... It, it unease uh, quite quite yeah quickly. sure he reminded me of um the sort of emergent villain character from cube actually um, <laughs> oh the the cop the character cop. yeah the, like, a little bit you see what i mean like it's it's that like character who starts out like well enough intentioned but his toxic masculinity kind of puts everyone else on edge i mm-hmm. sorry, use that kind of overbaked term but it's true with him um especially for a caveman it's a very silly thing to say <laughs> but um uh and that was something i was a little bit worried about going into the rest of the film is okay we've got like our our big toxic male trait you know guy and then we have who is slowly entering the limelight. What was her name? Uh, Bea. Bea. Um, I almost said Aloy. We've <laughs> <laughs> been playing too much Horizon. Yeah, clearly. Uh, who's, whose character is also Stray, which is funny. But um, with Bea entering the limelight as like our kind of strong female protagonist, girls get it done character. And the film doesn't exactly go that way. And I re- I'm really glad. No. There's, there's a number of choices that they made that I like very much. Uh, in respect to that. Um, but we'll we'll get into that. A yeah, bit. I think her character sort of, I mean, she really becomes the protagonist as the film goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that her character has the most interesting development. Very much so. I think she's the only character who really does, quote-unquote, develop. Yes. And I think... Yes. I mean, it's she's the only real character with any dimensions. Well, I don't know about she's that. she's the only one who has an arc, but I do think that at least with like Adem and the other characters, they have they have like they're not I won't say they're like fully fleshed out characters, but I don't think they're one dimensional. I, I, really I think like there's I think the, there's some the brother. Like yeah. he's um like his his sort of unwillingness to, to assert himself. Yeah. Um I, I found to be pretty compelling that like she has to kind of step in and rescue him from time to time and convince him to survive. Uh, well, really yeah, like, you know, I it's really, like I really like that all, all of the characters, you know, as part of their as part of their sort of tribal culture, you know, they all have their defined roles, what is expected of them. And Bea as the stray does not, which makes the others see her as useless. But really, it allows her to fill many roles. Yes. Ultimately, is like her development throughout the film is that she is able she's the one who is able to adapt enough to survive because she's not set in a very rigid uh sort of like societal position um i also like the elder that constantly gives terrible advice mm -hmm. i think that's a great archetype (laughs) yeah also i uh yeah well yeah he gives into superstition Mm -hmm. yeah and he even describes himself as wisdom i am wisdom wisdom. but there there are several times before that as well where like he's he's really just has the wrong ideas. He suggests that they stay where they are. He suggests later, like, that they're they're in a bad position, which, I mean, yeah, okay, that's half right. Like, for their safety, they need a spot where they can, like, see the enemy coming. Yeah. So, like, it's it's a bad call then as well. And so, like, uh, yeah, he just he's just he's just full of bad ideas, which, again, probably why he didn't go with the other elders. Um, I like that that's implied. Yeah. Yeah, the the old the old the other elders didn't really want him. 
So that's why he's had to uh, go along with Adem and his group because otherwise he would die on his own because he's old enough that he's not able to fend for himself. He has to be cared for by, you know, a, a tribe. Um, so the first act in terms of like what actually happens is pretty slow. There's, there's not like a lot of, of action. Um, you know, they're just sort of moving farther inland, not able to find any food. It's cold, it's rainy, it's wet. Um, they do stumble across the, the carcass of, of a mammoth. I love the cinematography in that sequence too. Yeah. When they're first looking down the ravine, you can't tell if like you, you almost can't tell how big it is. Like, like, uh, how, how deep that gorge is until they get down into it. Um, it almost looks like a miniature. Like, it's not, but it's just because Scotland's landscape mm. is so, like, uh, I, I, it's, it's so often, like, utilized as a reference in, uh, in design that, like, it, it almost looks like an alien landscape on its own. Yeah, well, I mean, so many fantasy and sci-fi movies and stuff have been shot in Scotland. I think mm-hmm. pretty much all of, um, uh, Caladan on, in Dune is shot in Scotland. Of course, yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, it rivals, like, New Zealand. Yeah. Um, cinematic Yeah, different, locations. different kind of, different kind of landscape, but and yeah, I, it I is. I will say, like, Scotland ha- does a lot of the heavy lifting here. In the, the landscape, city. yeah, it's it's like, really it's beautiful. And credit credit to like the again like the the DP and like the, the, the yeah I I think it's incredible. I think like it it takes them to capture the landscape like that with the people in it to mm-hmm. make them feel like that small in such a vast area. Yeah, it's great. it's it's a very nice looking film, and and the there's a lot of attention to detail and like the costuming and stuff. They they obviously put a lot of work into into that kind of thing, and the movie mostly avoids my problems with a lot of modern fantasy slash like old medieval or beyond uh period pieces where everybody all the actors look like they know what an iphone is you know i think this movie largely avoids that yeah i will say like a lot of the male characters are pretty well shaven sure kind of weird and they have like well-knit pants the pants are the are the big thing, yeah. The, yeah, the, the like, pants, the pants. Uh, everybody's pants look like some some high me. quality, but um, uh, which is I love it, their. It's all the more jarring because all the rest of the production design is really nice. I, I love think. their their big fur capes oh, and yeah. and shawls and stuff, and and I and I love like the the attention to detail with like the jewelry, like the bone carved jewelry. Uh, Ave is she's wearing a necklace that has like of little babies little carved babies mm. and you sort of get the implication later um that each one of those like represents a baby lost that she child. has lost yeah. i want to say too like when it comes to like historical accuracy in films and stuff that like that people like even like fucking cave dwelling people like did like utilize hygiene like it's not like 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 Flintstones or like caveman commercials where like they're all just like like covered in mud and grease all the time. Like like with a knife you can shave, mm-hmm. and and like with with any kind of like fine bone needle and thread, like you can you can thread pants that look like that. So I, to me, I don't think that's a gripe at all. Like I, I think that that's fine. the 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 stitching is is impeccably neat on their pants. I think yeah, it's a little too close yeah. to what you could do with a. I mean, it's it's a minor thing. Because again, I think the rest of the, the the costume design is is so good. There are just like a couple of shots where I'm like, 
man, those are some really nice looking pants. I mean, I would wear them. Like yeah. they look dope. They look they they certainly look cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so they're they they find the carcass of this mammoth, but it's been totally picked over. There's no meat left on it, and they're sort of like, okay, it, the, it fell from it fell into the ravine from the cliffs above. But like, what drove it into the ravine? Which so that's cool. the that's the first sort of uh, indication that you know there is something amiss which is very true to nomadic cultures that would often drive because they didn't they didn't understand how to like set up a paddock or to like do herd farming so they would just drive entire herds of animals off of cliffs i mean it's um, also an easy way to an easier way to kill a mammoth than trying to get up close on it with a spear yeah when a it's one mammoth stick. for sure when it's a herd of mammoths you've just killed your the food chain yeah, yeah they, they don't know about that yeah that's true they are. They're, they they're, were just doing whatever. They were just trying to live. <laughs> they were just doing whatever. Yeah, you know, living but, in the moment. Not a cell phone in sight. Yeah, not exactly. Not not <laughs> not a cell phone in sight. And I believe that none of these characters have ever seen an iPhone either. Yes. So so credit credit to him on that. Um, but yeah. So on, on like the second or third night, something comes out of the darkness and takes the the boy heron mm-hmm. um sort of uh, kicking off the the you know central conflict of the film um you know something horrible comes out of the dark and grabs him and pulls him off and and adem wants to run off after him and they're like no you can't there's no way you can track him in the dark we have to wait until it's light well and before that too before they they snag him our uh, protagonist uh uh Bea. Yeah, Bea. I kept wanting to say Freya. Um, Bea, like, you know, she, she gets her, her period. Yes. Um, uh, we don't know if, uh, for the first time or not. I, I, uh, it's implied it for the first time, yeah. Because yeah. um, uh, Ave tells her that, like, the, it's it's good. Now, now you have... Now you have value. a purpose. Yeah, yeah now you have val- Now you are of breeding age. Adem will want to keep you around so he can breed with you essentially joy um yeah and uh yeah they they actually use his boss um for that but she 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 goes off just just slightly away from the campfire to you know attend to herself and we hear the the creature yeah and we get just a glimpse of something that begins a series of incredible shots making you wonder what the fuck that thing is yeah this is where yeah, the uh, the the boy is then taken. I love how they play up the creature. Right? Yeah, I I think you know I I can see where you come from with that, but to me it felt minimal to a fault. It felt like they were kind of skimping out on stuff they could show. A lot of times in those, like they really kind of pare down what they show to the bare minimum. I think that, and, I think that you like, know, they I, get enough silhouettes of the creature where like. And each time it looks just a little bit different. And so for me, it checked all the points off the list for a, of, of, a, of a creature reveal where you get to get that three blind men and an elephant aspect where you're, you, each time you wonder like, what the fuck is it? There was, there was a period of time where I thought it was like a spider or something. Like I just couldn't tell. It really forced imagination. And uh, it, it really made me think like, what is coming out of the dark? What is that monster that's chasing them? Um, and I, whenever I did get a glimpse, I, I thought it was something really wretched and horrifying, and, uh, it, I, I was pretty spooked. This, the sound design and music does a lot of the heavy lifting for those, 
Um, I feel like the creature itself in the shot didn't really do much for me, but the sound design and music again, like the really sound design, it. yeah, the sound design does does a lot, and I I think that's that's okay for especially as early in the film as this comes. Like, yeah. I don't think you should see the creature yet. Agreed. Like, I that's that reveal is supposed to happen later. Like, classic monster movie structure is like you only get little bits and pieces glimpses of it before sure. before the reveal sure. at the end and like and we're think... still in we're still in the first act exactly like i i won't disagree that there are problems and and, I, and i'm, I, I'm gonna i get just to think that, they could but... have built the dread of it a little bit better like the woolly mammoth thing is fine but that's not enough for me i think there's a turning point though for me and that's when Adam tries to attack. Yeah, that's the again, first again at this like, that's very early in the film. Again, at at this point, like we're this is the first time the creature has shown up. Like mm-hmm. I I don't think that they should show any but more. That's of like it thirty five, forty minutes into the movie. No, uh, it's maybe maybe thirty minutes into the movie. Maybe yeah. if 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 that because mm-hmm. not long after that, then they get to the forest, which is where I think the second act mm-hmm. kicks in, which is about 30 minutes, just over 30 minutes. In. And that's, that's an important part. Cause like throughout the, the first act of the film, they're in the plains. Yeah. Like windswept, barren, dead. They have to get up to the mountain region to see if there's safety in the caves and the rest. So they can see the mountain in the distance. We don't know what's between it because there's a lot of hills and crags in Scotland. Mm-hmm. So they come up over a rise and they see, Oh fuck. There is a huge forest between us and the A mountain. deep, dark a forest. A deep, dark forest. And I love that. I think I think the, that opening shot of with the mountain again in the distance, they have their objective to get to, and between us and them is a creature in of itself. Yeah. The forest is given incredible personality in this movie, much like the forest in The Witch. Um, uh, we, like, it just from, from beat one, we are told... We're not going in there, like because when yeah. they first see it, like they're still scouting out with the mammoth. They they straight up say like we're ain't, we ain't going in there. We're well, going around. Yeah. G- well, Gare tries to convince Ad- Adem to take them through it, but Adem is like is like no, we don't. I'm not taking them into the into a forest. We're gonna go around. And Gare's like we're gonna lose days on this. Is like I don't Doesn't care. <laughs> we're not going through. But <laughs> then right after, too. but then after Heron is taken the next day, Adem is like ready to charge into the forest and gare is like hey well hang on wait a second like if we go into the forest then we're in its territory and then adem is like no we're going in it's like so they've totally flip-flopped honestly one of the biggest movies that this movie remind me of i know you haven't seen it clave but we did talk about it in the early days of the show it reminded me a lot of the ritual um in the sense that like First of all, the setting, but also like the party being forced through extenuating circumstances to go into the forest instead of around it because they don't have any other choice. And there's a monster in the forest that hunts them down. Um, yeah, yeah, I've been meaning to read that one before I watch it. I still got to. I, uh... I I think the right way is the other way around. Honestly, <laughs> I, I would watch it first um, before you read the book. Yeah, this movie, I can definitely see cues from the ritual, especially how they shoot the forest. Mm-hmm. Um, how they I, would, shoot... I wouldn't be surprised if the ritual was also shot in a similar forest in Scotland. Yeah, <laughs> you know, in terms of landscape and, like, environment, like, 
This movie kind of reminded me of the other lamb a little bit because it's a lot of like bluish grays. Oh, what, you mean lamb? No, no the, the other, other lamb. lamb. Oh, I forgot about other that lamb. cult exactly. movie. Yeah, exactly. precisely. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no, I, I can see that a little bit. Yeah, similar, it has a lot of like, similar color palette and tone. Yeah. Well, yeah. Once they get into the forest, that's the definitive start of Act Two. And this is where the film really picks up in every regard, I think. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's the best part of it. Hands down the best section of the film. Um, I think this is where, like, the atmosphere really hits a peak. It gets really scary. Um, It gets brutal. At this point in the movie, like, I was fucking... I was vibrating. Torqued up. I was, yeah. Fucking same. I was Uh, so... I was so happy... Um, with, with what I was watching by the time we got, got to here, cause you know, they, they spend some time tramping around the forest and, uh, just as it's starting to get dark, they stumble upon the creature's, uh, blood and bone pit. Yeah. It's, <laughs> cause every good creature has a blood and bone pit. <laughs> right out of the descent. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, that, that was what I, what I thought yeah, it was like the, the carcass grounds, but I, it's um, cool. There's like a big rock in the middle of it that almost has like an altar kind yeah. of vibe to it, which I mean, I think works really nicely later when the, the, the elder and, uh, Ave try to sacrifice Bea to the creature. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just like this big rock rock and just like surrounding it is like a, a a bog of blood and and bones and viscera and um you know as soon as they they find this they start hearing the creature again it's running around and shrieking and they you know take off and start running back and but they they reach a point where um it's it's like about to be nightfall so like uh, as they're running, Adem's just like, stop, start a fire. I th- This part was was one of my favorite sequences in the movie, just like the tension of of uh, Bea there in the middle, like trying desperately to like start a fire as the others are like around her with their spears and stuff, as it's just like by the second getting darker and darker. Deep in the heart of this evil mm-hmm, forest. In this dark forest with this shrieking monster running around, um, like very, very present and immediate danger. And then as the screen finally like fades fully to black and it holds for a few seconds then we get that little that little spark uh as she's able to to finally get the fire going i thought that scene was fantastic i really really liked that yeah Yeah. i love the the use of tension in that scene Mm -hmm. it's probably one of the the most tense yes sequences of the film yeah uh, which is why it's so effective i love too that she carries like that kit of like bark with shavings in it so that yeah. she can start a fire where she needs. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. And then they also just have like the, 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 the logs with them that they carry across the plains, you know, for when they Yeah, carrying their firewood with them so they can start a fire at a moment's notice without having to forage. Yeah. yeah cool. Um Yeah, and I mean then then the, the, the tension just continues to escalate. Nobody gets taken. Adem just runs off into the forest, right? Yeah, he well, hears the screams and uh he uh well, Doesn't he see? Well, no, he yeah he he catches it for a second. He's waiting because he he's waiting at the edge of the dark uh, with it with his spear out, and he hucks his spear, and it sounds like he hits. Oh, something. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I've got a hit. I need to move in on this thing, which yeah. is that's good. That's good hunting. Like you 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 then you push. 
And um, so then, yeah, he, he, he pursues into the dark to try and kill it. And he quickly realizes that he didn't hit it. Yeah. And but now, now he's, he's out. He's yeah. Out now he's the out dark, there in the dark by isolated. himself. Um, yeah. I thought that was cool. I, I really like the pacing of that. And uh, yeah, he, he gets out into the darkness and then we cut back to the, the rest of the tribe together. Mm. and get a nice couple of minutes of of him out there alone like being stalked by the creature and again, i, th- I thought those, that like, was faint silhouettes like just mm-hmm. enough to be like what the fuck is this monster every time i see it it looks a little different um, yeah I, I love how the monster is shot in the sequence because you get almost like a lot like it's almost formless yeah like you're saying like you see angles and like roundness and shapes yeah but you can't you can never pick out like a true silhouette yeah like you you can't texture you can't get a sense of it uh it looks moist almost Mm -hmm. at times very like xenomorph-esque yeah it feels yeah it feels wet and this is the moment where i lean to both you guys and i said wouldn't it be awesome if if this was a, a stealth predator film and it was like they released it without saying it was a predator movie? Did y'all see they did uh, announce a new predator movie just today? Yeah, no, yeah. Um, another one directed by Dan Trachtenberg. Yeah, it's supposedly not a sequel to Prey and it's set in the near future. But that's uh, all he that can they do. Whatever. Yeah, yeah let them. Let them cook. I, yeah, after after he Prey. Yeah, after Prey. I, I yeah, just happy to have Dan Trachtenberg want. doing it again. Yeah, yeah awesome. again, like a predator should be like him uh the predators hunting the greatest warriors of all different time periods exactly like, yeah yeah still gonna get that get my uh feudal japan predator one of these days oh, one of these days God. God. Um, yes please yeah so this is that that's what the moment where i was i was just like oh wouldn't it be great i mean yeah there's there's certainly plenty of predator vibes here oh um, tons and yeah yeah again yeah more on that in a second for sure there's another sequence that's just right out of predator but, yeah um Anyway, so, uh, tension, tension, tension. We cut back to the, the group, and we hear him call for his brother. Um, and his brother is very torn on whether he should run into the darkness or well, not. Yeah, we hear him screaming yeah. out, in in, agony. out in the dark. Yeah, yeah in, in agony. Clear pain. Yeah. And, and we've set up at this point that, was it G- G- Gay, what? What's his name? Gare. Gare. There you go. <laughs> Gay. So uh, Gayer. 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 But, uh... Anyway, uh, 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 Gayer is, um, by this point, he's been set up to be tentative, not assertive like his brother. Um, yeah. His brother has probably kept him in his place his whole life. Um, and Classic timid younger brother living in his, you know... Shadow. His older yeah. brother's shadow, yeah. And, um... Sort uh, of a reluctant spear carrier, you know? Like, he's, he's the only other one who carries a weapon because he's the only other, like male of fighting age but you know he's not real you don't get the impression that he's like really a warrior you know no he a few centuries later he would have been really into you know (laughs) books and uh anime yeah there 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 it is gare is definitely a weeb at heart there you go yeah a weeb's uh, just uh forty five thousand years (laughs) too soon (laughs) a weeb for cave drawing truly born at the wrong time (laughs) drawing just in in the cave just drawing big titty waifus (laughs) on the wall yeah his rock and then slapping and then slapping a big slapping a big handprint on on, on yeah. the titty, um, <laughs> yeah, because uh, his fedora made of moss and, and fucking peat. Uh, yeah, awesome. 
awesome, really. Yeah. Uh, well, so... Gare is, you know, he's not sure, you know, we're not sure if he's going to go after his brother or not. And he does. He ends up running yeah, off. Yeah, he, run, he runs out after after his brother and we're like, well, okay, he's dead too, right? But uh, I, I love, this is another, I, I think, very effective tense moment is like after he runs off and like we hear the screaming stop and there's just like, there's there's a pause and then we hear something kind of like heavy moving towards them, like something sort of being dragged. And it's like, Oh, is the what creature? Is yeah. This? The, the creature is coming up upon them. And then Please. it's Gare coming out of the darkness, dragging his brother over his shoulder with him. That's where that, that mm-hmm. weight and that drag is coming from. Heavy. Yeah. Cause we, and cause then we see that, that Adem has, uh, he, he got fucked, fucked up. up. Yeah. He got fucked. Incredible makeup. See, this was the turning point of yeah. the film for me because until then, like the the creature was kind of vague. There mm. was a dread to it, but like this kind of brings it all so, in. No, I a moment of impact. Very. Yeah. I remember you were um, sitting next to me, and like like as soon as it cut to him, and you see his fucked up jaw, you were just like, "Fuck yeah!" Like, are you? Like, yeah. you audibly <laughs> were just like, "Yeah." Yeah. Basically, um, his his lower jaw has been like torn in half. Yeah, it looks so fucking Just, like, leaving his too. throat, like, open. It's like, yeah. Perfectly lit by the firelight, too. Like, oh, really wretched and terrifying. Yeah. And, and you can see the life still in his eyes. Oh, yeah, he's still he's, alive. He's quite yeah, conscious he's, for he's it. He's still alive, yeah. And, um, yeah, in, in deep pain. Um, but, like, because of just the way his throat has been damaged, he can't cry out, he can't say anything. You just see the fear and and terror and, and, and torment in his eyes. And uh, failure. Yeah, and... To me, like as a as a, as a as a creature designer, as someone who does like concept art for monsters and stuff, like I I find the one of the most terrifying silhouettes you can do is like normal upper face fucked, fucked up, up lower, lower jaw. jaw. Yeah, I think that's like that's, that's a classic design wise. Like like it's all the necromorphs. It's all like it's like yeah. so many different creatures where like yeah, just like the the top half. You get away with like a top half of a normal skull and then a fucked up thing. The too. Re- the reapers from Blade Two. The Reaper sure, vampires. why not? <laughs> I, yeah, like there, there's all sorts of designs. Just you start seeing it if you look for it. But like it's to me, it's one of my favorites. It's just like yeah, like normal top half, lower half, absolutely wrecked. Oh, you know what else? Uh, funny enough, that I, I find to be pretty visceral is the you're gonna laugh because it's funny. But the Britney Spears South Park episode where she fucks oh, up her they were, where she, she like, blows off <laughs> the top of her head, but she's still alive and, and, and her, her jaw is all fucked up. It's pretty nasty yeah and like that that like kind of fucked me up when i watched like when i when i first yeah. i think i watched that when it aired but um it, it's the same thing it's a, it's always that design yeah. man um so anywho he's you know like he's, yeah he's, and know. they're like uh they're like well you gotta do something like there's there's somebody no save it like something. somebody do something they're like there's no saving him like yeah. he's not gonna survive <laughs> they're basically like put him out of his misery fucking kill him and gare's like no i can't i'm too much of a pussy baby yeah. <laughs> uh and and they're just all like staying there like what do we do for a moment and then you just see like this this sort of like coldness come over Bea. Yeah, because he tried to rape her. He tried to he's, rape he's her fucking, earlier, yeah. We, 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 we didn't mention. We glossed over that Yeah, one. we didn't we mention. We glossed but... over the rape, uh, yeah. unfortunately. I... But yeah, anyway, it's it's when she goes out to, you know, like to check on herself much earlier before yeah, the boy it, is stolen. It's, it's the same scene when it the boy is. is stolen. What interrupts yeah. him, what stops him from raping her is the creature shrieks for the first time and we hear it. But yeah, so like, 
before she's like she's trying to distance herself from the group too after this and they're like and and gare convinced her to like come on it's like you can't survive on your own like we have to keep moving and at this point she's like is like okay if you're not gonna do it then i'm gonna do it you know what and i will survive yeah i yeah. fuck you i love that whole sequence because since adem is like the leader of the group like having him like stripped away yeah. from the group so suddenly uh makes the whole tribe feel so powerless yeah and that's why the sense of danger is so ever present after that well they disintegrate almost immediately right like she like she kills him and then convinces that because they they still have not eaten in days and it's like and she says well we have food now now. and nobody else is willing to do it and so she goes and carves a big they joke about it at the very beginning of the movie too yeah they joke about cannibalism and so she goes and uh, and carves a, a big meaty chunk out of his leg and and spit roasts it over the fire and they gotta eat because they, they they gotta eat and of course you know Gare's the only one who doesn't um I, like. yeah it's his brother I mean, you know yeah, of course he's crying and he doesn't want to eat his brother. And he doesn't want to eat his brother yeah he doesn't want to go full tenorman right but yeah and then you know they 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 serve they get through the through the night and the next day comes and then it's like they're like uh okay well gare you have to leave us now because I mean, t- you're typical weeaboo gare you know like he won't have family dinner he's too busy upstairs jerking off to cartoon women yeah you know he just won't he just won't eat his brother he didn't he didn't he didn't want to hold a spear he just wants to hold his thing <laughs> also a spear um, um but yeah so they'll you know they they argue some in the morning uh but it's like well gare's the leader now by default because he's the he he's the only oh. remaining male who's not old um uh you gotta be it but yeah so it's like you gotta be it. it's like real. it's like oh yeah all right it's like okay so you gotta lead lead us out of here so they spend the whole day like walking through the woods and what happens they went in a big old circle yep. they yes, find they, they come right back on on adem's body again like after a whole day of walking and at that point it just like it completely disintegrates yeah uh the the old man starts getting you know very superstitious he's like this isn't an animal this is a demon we've trespassed we have to offer it something well what i love about this part of the movie is like at this point you know that's a valid theory for Um, both absolutely both him and the audience like we don't know what that creature is we think you know it could very well be a demon yeah it does not seem to be a normal animal into their mindset they have made us really feel terrified and paranoid just like these cavemen and i love that and um to, I, I wanted to know, because I, I, I mentioned I was going to come back to it earlier, so before we get too ahead of ourselves. I was I was a little concerned with the dynamic with, with Aiden and with uh, Air uh, at the top of the film, like how they're going to play it out kind of stereotypically. And Those are just two random names that are not in this movie. Who are you talking <laughs> about? Um, sorry, Adam. Okay. Right, Adam. The, yeah. Adam. And, and 
And Bea? Bea. Okay. Did I say Ayer? Yeah, you said Aiden and Ayer. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Bea and Gayer and whatever. Adem, Adem and Bea like, is yeah. who you're talking about. Okay. Usual fare. Yeah. Yeah, just, just one of our, our, our wonderful fucking pod people tropes, me getting names entirely wrong. Um, right, so anywho. We're not perfect. We're just men. We're just normal men. We're just dudes. <laughs> we're, we're just, we're just, we're just, innocent, we're just innocent, innocent men. men. Innocent men. Um, anywho, I, uh, yeah, let me start, start again from the top. Thank you um, for not letting Fringus me. and Grink. Fringus and Grunkle around here sprinkling the bank, and it's just something else. Anyway, no. I was a little worried with the archetypes they were setting up, that it was going to play out pretty standard survival horror. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the characters get picked off one at a time, and our, our protagonist rises up, and it's just, you know, Sigourney Weaver and Alien all over again, which is, again... I, I love I love Alien, but it's it's done. The I mean, many many great film. I if and, it ain't broke, don't fix it. That too, to, sure. to a degree, sure, sure. But um, uh, anyway, I was I was concerned it was just going to kind of play out in the same way, and instead, no, like you said, he gets killed off pretty quickly, and the party just falls apart. Yeah, there's, there's none of the the old survival horror, you know, jungle creature film archetype where um, they're still trying to make their way to their goal, and they're getting picked off one at a time. That doesn't happen. This feels so like, yeah, much more no, realistic and immersive, mm, and it really keeps you in there because it's all chaos. nobody. Yeah, nobody steps in to fill the leadership role. It's like <laughs> can. it's yeah. yeah it just falls apart immediately because yeah. like yeah they then you know uh, uh, it's so much more like like to me terrifying. Yeah, like, like, no, I, I, I think so. I, I like that, too, because, like, the old man immediately was just like, this is a demon. We got to offer the demon something. We have to sacrifice somebody to the demon, and the stray is the is the logical one, right? That's where he's like, I'm wisdom, Ave is carrying life, and Gare is our spear holder, but what are you, stray? You're whatever we need You're you to— he says, "You're whatever you're whatever we need you to be," which is mirroring what Adam says when he right before he tries to rape her is like, "You're whatever I need you to be," and so they try to take her to uh, the gore pit uh, and leave her there, but she wriggles away from them, and uh, then the old man hearing the creature coming. Hearing the creature coming and desperate to offer it something, stabs uh, Ave with a, a like a sharp stick it's or something um, um, from the pit. The, he grabs a oh if I yeah, correctly, it's an antler. And uh, yeah, and stabs stabs her, and but as he's trying to get away, she like grabs him, and he trips and falls over a rock and breaks his leg. Stabs his leg, stabs his again, leg in whoops. half awful yeah really really bad and uh so they're both left lying there wounded uh in in the creatures in in the creatures gore pit um and and then comes a, a really interesting sequence that i thought was was really uh like beautifully uh yes. e- evocative visually where the night comes and and the aurora uh is is above it's fucking stunning it's cool it this 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 part reminded me quite a bit of uh the scene in in the earth where yes. uh yeah. where he's there there he's running through through the woods at night with all the light strobing and flashing and stuff uh also the to me the the vision after he attends the the giants in the green night 
Mm, yeah. By the mm-hmm. fox. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I loved it. It was, it was surreal, ethereal. It yeah, sense. it's cool. You, you, like, you're still kind of, you know, the, the movie's done a, a pretty good job of, like, putting you in these characters' perspectives. So, like, the Aurora takes on, like, an extra kind of mystical quality. Cause it's yeah. like, and it's a chance for them to get some dynamic color. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. exactly. And, and, like, just in- incredible props to the movie because uh, the, the, the Aurora Borealis is something that's been so done in fantasy adventure movies and and the rest and to make it feel to make us feel like we're seeing it for the first time along with these cavemen is a feat and it's impressive yeah and it is it's it's it it truly does feel like a magical moment and i, I it, it does it makes you feel like you're feel- and a lot I like of the way sound it's... design too they, they use like some really cool sense the, to, yeah. to the establishing shot of it though it kind of look like the Mac It does look like the saver. Mac, the old, like, iMac screensaver. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you a little bit. <laughs> they, they it's it's cool a little... Really, like, they drop the frame rate. It's a little, it, yeah. It moves, like, really strangely, and, ah, oh, yeah. Yeah, I like, really I like the strobing, the the in and out of, of, of darkness um, as it, you know gets brighter and then darker and, you know, allows for some, some, uh you know, like those moments of blackness to sort of like naturally pace the the structure of the shots. Yeah, it's like it's very it's very surreal and and, and beautiful and and eerie because you know we 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 see the the old man he's lying there and uh, Ave has died at this point from her wound, but he sees her get pulled into the darkness. Um, and you know, Bea is off somewhere watching all of this as well. Um, yeah, really, really, uh, very evocative. I liked, I liked this part quite a bit. Um, and the following sequence: the morning comes, so with it, the mist and yes. the fog and the forest, mm-hmm. and that also looks incredible. Um, gotta, gotta say, uh, uh, can't go wrong with the misty forest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Gare gets yeah. up, and <laughs> um, he, you know, because he, he he bopped his head, and that's what stopped him from from saving. Um, Bayer, 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 Gayer, Gaya, whoever. Anyway, he boy gets up and he goes and he and he wanders towards the flesh pit area and he gets pulled down by Bayer mm-hmm. and uh, in a in a shot that is right out of Predator, like. Yeah, he, she she there. I again, I love how it's shot because we're on the opposite side. Uh, the, the camera is on the opposite side of like a set of like really nicely framed uh, logs that are kind of hiding her, hi- hiding them from cover. And she grabs him and holds him by the mouth. And we think it's the creature grabbing him at first, much like in Predator. Yeah, and she holds and they they look out. It's just like the scene where they first see the invisible predator in the jungle. And I, I really like that. And. You know they're they're just about I don't know twenty feet from the from the, the the gore pit, and we hear the creature come, and we just can't see it in the mist. Yeah. Um. And I I, I thought I love the silhouette of it because it's it's got like some sort of strange large head. We get a shot a little bit earlier on too of it like of that head like turning between the trees, and we get like a mi- uh, like um a, a micro shot of it. And we're like, what is that? Like a face? Is that like a yeah. weird like? horse skull like what are we what are we fucking seeing here yeah you get these sort of like giant 
nostrils almost on mm-hmm. it. Yeah, you don't know if they're eye sockets or nostrils or a mouth. Like it, you just can't tell. It's yeah, just you just can't tell. Hole. Yeah, I love I love that stuff. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, this is about the last moment of joy I have in this film. I'm sorry because <laughs> the because the third act turn comes immediately after this and and poo-poo's all over my whole parade. Well, I'm going to let I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to let you two vent for a little bit. You guys have your time and then I'll come in at the end with my take by all means. Yeah, so I I think we can actually uh pretty briefly and broadly describe the events of this last act of the movie um because much like the rest of the movie plot wise it's it's relatively sparse can be covered pretty quickly um so Bea sees the creature she whistles to lure it uh, over by where Gare is and then like she runs around and ambushes it she jumps on it Pulls off its head, revealing that uh, it was just a mask. It's a person. It's another creature. It was another person. And they would have gotten away with it if not for those meddling a, a kids. Da- they did a damn. <laughs> sc- they did a ding dang Scooby Doo. They unmasked the 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 person. Um, well, it's I get yeah. It, so it's a Neanderthal woman. So the, our characters are Homo sapiens, but this is a Neanderthal. Then Gare's like uh oh it's it's cool even though uh it killed uh you know my brother and everything it's just a it's over it's just uh it's just a person like us and Bea's like no nothing's changed it's still a monster we still have to hunt it down if it's hiding in the caves we need to take its cave and make it our own well and the justification she has is kind of reasonable like they see in the fog uh the two bodies of the old man yeah and uh, uh Ava um get pulled like it, they were nothing yeah like it looks like a monster is grabbing them well yeah i mean everything up to this point like has has led us to believe that this is a monster and i i just i just must say this was I, I I have especially more problems by the time we get to the end of the film, but even just this moment was was a pretty big disappointment for me, just because it's like it doesn't always have to be a story about how people are the real monsters all along. See, even it doesn't have point, to. I wanted to give it the benefit of the doubt. I wanted to be like, oh, maybe this creature takes many forms. Maybe. They are just going galaxy brain with it. But no, they are going with the simplest thing and the lamest thing. Honestly. I mean, the rest of the rest of the movie, literally, you, you said it as we were walking back to the car, is like tribalism is bad. And <laughs> in this yeah. case, it's literally tribalism with a capital T because of the Stone Age tribal setting. It literally just becomes about one group of people murdering another group of people because of 
perceived differences despite the fact that we're not really so different we're all really the same like the to you know broad strokes the 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 rest of the movie they chase the neanderthal woman up into the mountains they go into the caves there's a neanderthal man they kill him and then they find that heron is actually alive and that these people have been feeding him and taking care of him and that they took him to save him from starvation or whatever but at this point Bea has gone full murder mode and is unable to see that these are people just like her until after she has finished murdering them and man I don't know it's just like incredibly on the nose it's too yeah it's so on the nose and just like a rare instance where i'm like why couldn't this just be a monster movie see this is where i find it the most pretentious right like a monster movie would have been much better they they go with such a simple on the nose premise here i never felt it was pretentious until this point it becomes a message movie and becomes very almost condescending in a lot of ways. It becomes a uh, message in, movie at in the its very allegory, end. Yeah. And it recontextualizes the lot of, a lot of the rest of the movie. Like what I was saying at the beginning about like the artificial language kind of being used as a mask to hide the pretension is like, if this was all in English, like how dumb a lot of the writing is, would have been so much more evident. The The fact that they have the artifice of the artificial language kind of masking some of that. Even though you're reading subtitles, I get it. You're still getting that kind of distancing effect of it. Where you give things more of the benefit of the doubt. And the not great writing just becomes all the more apparent in the See, script. I... I think that's a little condescending if I'm going to if I'm being real with I you. Agree. I think that's a little bit condescending cuz like I I agree that the movie really falls apart when it decides to become a message movie in the third act. I'm certainly not disagreeing with you there, but I I I do want to push back against the movie being badly written from the get-go. Like, I really do not feel a sense of pretension in the first two acts. I think it takes a bad turn that soured me very badly by the end. But I I think that I think saying that that having it all done in a made-up language with subtitles instead of English hides that it was badly written from the beginning. I think that's condescending. No, and yeah, I and, I, and I think it's, it I, takes a great deal of work and effort to, like, one, craft the language, and two, to have the actors' performances, like, still, like, cross that barrier. Because I think we've spent a good, I think we've spent a good chunk of time on this episode talking about the character elements that work, about the narrative aspects See, the that work. the characters are flat archetypes, though. That's the thing. Outside of but, Bea, they're, but they're very one-dimensional. But that's the point, exactly. right? Exactly. That's not great writing, though. 
No, I no no no. I I totally disagree. I I don't think the characters are. First of all, I I still don't think that they're entirely one dimensional. I think that the characters have nuance, but they do fit archetypical roles. But that's because the they, archetypal roles are their character. No, like that's basically all they are. So that the protagonist of the film can act as a foil to that. That is the goal. They are set in their archetypical roles in order so Bea, as the outcast, as the stray, as they say multiple times, so you can be whatever I need you to be, so she can have the arc that allows her to survive to the end of the film where the rigidity of the social roles that the other characters play ultimately contribute to their downfall. I, I'm i not saying that they're not archetypes, but I don't think that archetypical characters mean bad writing. No. Archetypes exist for a reason. Archetypes have a purpose, and lazily, badly written characters do tend to lean on archetype and nothing else. But I think in this case, there is justification for that. However, when it gets into the third act, and it decides that it is too good to be just a monster movie, that it has to have a deeper message beyond that... That is where I do find it kind of hacky, where I do come around and agree with you and wonder how they dropped that ball so hard. Because I do think that up till that point, I don't think it's pretentious. I don't think it's badly written. I think that it they 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 try to turn the movie into something that it doesn't need to be in the third act. And it's and it's fucking frustrating. Yeah, but I mean, even so, like I think like you can imagine a better version of this movie without the twist, right? Like, yes! if the characters were, you know, more developed and, like, you cared about them more, I think this movie... Right, I think, I think the reason that Tease is bothered by the twist is because he he was invested and he was compelled by the characters. Yeah, my, my problem with the twist is not anything to do with the characters. It's that they is that they are taking away the simple, clean premise of a monster movie and turning it into, oh, well, actually, just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's a monster and it actually might be more like you than you think. I think that's condescending and annoying. Yeah, I but, would agree. But the way that the pre- the characters are written prior to this point, like, I don't have any problem with that. I don't even have any problem with, really, with Bea becoming a monstrous character. I don't think that that I, I is... I love that in fact, I, in fact, I, I'm generally a fan of that in these types of movies where the protagonist has to become a monster to defeat the monster. Yeah. The fact that they... Like her whole pro-cannibalism arc is, like, what really, to me, made her compelling. Yeah, all, all of that, all of that shit is fine. My, my, my problem lies solely in the fact that the movie, really, by the end, it feels like it thinks it's above a monster movie. That it, it feels like... If it was just a monster movie, it would be too lowbrow, and we have to do we have to yeah. do something. 
we have to we have to do something to elevate it to give it a message to give it a, a hacky meaning you know that will leave you sitting there while the credits roll nodding and like yeah people really are the monsters <laughs> yeah. aren't they it's yeah, like no, that's I, I i would totally agree i think it's not confident enough to kind of risk seeming unserious Yes. Which is, like, yes. a huge problem. Yes. And I think that's part of the reason it apes, like, better art house horror movies in terms of style. I think it plays on those styles because it doesn't want to feel like it's unserious. I mean, yeah, I think I think so. But, I mean, I... I, I think I, it's almost unfair to say apes. Do you mind if I... I yeah. And I'm not, I'm not going to, like, come in, like, full swoop and, like, kind of, like... Well, you're just gonna. I'm, I'm gonna break all your points down, like, cause I don't. I, I you're, you're valid, whatever. But um, uh, you can have an opinion without telling me that I'm valid. I know that I'm valid. It's okay. Hell yeah, speak your truth, King. Um, but uh, what I'll say is, I, I think I think saying it apes those other films is a little unfair because for the same reason I, I mentioned a second ago is like, I think you know, like Tease in particular, like you you felt disenfranchised by the twist because it had you because I think it. I think it was like on a level of of the witch and like capturing the that that A twenty four vibes horror so well. Um, For me, it like, was in, in up till act. up till that point. Yeah, yeah. And, and I and I would fully agree. And and, and I would also even it sort agree of felt up like until yeah. the second act. Like I, I think I think that that whole section of the film. I think that they do get it. I think that they fucking nail it. So my my counterpoint isn't that the third half of the film is. The third half. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, the fourth half. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the the third the third act of the film. Thank you. Um, uh, is at that same level of, of tension building and quality and an impact. I, I I agree in terms of of tension and, and general effect. It doesn't hit me as hard. However, I still walked away from this movie really loving it because here's the thing. I think I think the thing that's a real bummer about this film is that they were doing such a good job with a monster movie that it kind of feels like coitus interrupt this, right? Like it's deflating. You for sure. you you know you were we, they, they were moved doing, they, they moved doing, the goalposts. They they were doing such a good job at a monster movie that it was a bummer for it to stop being a monster movie and to be anything else. Yes, I'm with that. I agree. I also think they did an amazing job of making us think that this enemy tribe was a monster. Sure. I, I and I think I think that's cool. I think that's neat, and that's why I still like the film. It's, it's very simple. It, it's really it I really mean, just boils down. To I, I think is I, that is that it, it does such an amazing job of putting us in the mindset of these cavemen of these nomads who are wandering out into the darkness. They don't know what's over the next hill. They don't know what's coming after them. These people did believe that the enemy, like that, that, um, uh, that Neanderthals were demons. They, they would think that sort of thing. And, and, and we think that right along with them, the same way that we felt like that aura, like Borealis was, was magic in the sky, right? That like, Hey, maybe a sac, this movie made us think that maybe a sacrifice is necessary. That's impressive. Like, that's really cool. And for all of that to be then, like, stripped away and for us to realize, like, oh, it's a Neanderthal. I think it's cool. I think it's neat. I, I, and, like, and I, I understand, like, I, I, I totally understand and I, and I sympathize with the conceit that, oh, people are the monster is a, is a frustration. I, 
I tribalism bad. Tribalism bad. But, 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 literal but, tribes. But again, with with all of that else behind it, I'm willing to give it a give it a bit of a pause. You know, I, I, I will say I think I do think you're on to something there. Um I, I'm glad that you that you bring that up because I think you're absolutely right that it is a testament to how well the film puts you into the mindset of these characters in this time, in this location, that you see it so entirely from their perspective that, like, yeah, you that we, just like they do, we really believe that it's like a monster, demon, or whatever. And I think there's something to that. Where I think the issue lies is that when the mask is removed, literally, that perspective i'm i'm gone from it i it's that it's it's a it's a violent disconnect i'm no longer in the shoes of these characters i'm no longer from their perspective it's like i'm ripped out and put into a a totally third person perspective because immediately i know what they're doing Immediately, yeah. and it's like it's, it's like it's, you see the it's, it's yeah, it's deflating. Then you're immediately like, oh, it wasn't a monster; it was just another person, and that person looks a little bit different from them, so they still think it's a monster. But but me, I intellectually, but then it's like I know it's like, and then and then yeah, exactly. That's just the start of the third act, and then you've got the whole thing, and then at that point, it's like oh, we haven't found the kid's body. The kid is probably still alive. It probably turns out that these people who our protagonists think are monsters were actually good and were actually taking care of the kid. And it's just like, all of a sudden, the house of cards falls down completely. The immersion is broken. The trick is revealed. And all of it, like, from that moment, I saw to the rest, I saw to the end of the film. Yeah. It's just like it, there all of the mystery is gone. It's all stripped away from it. And and I do think you're you're totally right about there being something to them like putting me so effectively in the character shoes up until that point. But man, it's a rude awakening and it's not a satisfying payoff. And and I think that that's why it left me feeling so sour. I have I have thoughts on the payoff. Sure. Uh, agreement, frankly. Because when the but kid, I, I the kid is literally why like, it, why it's not satisfying and it's kind of weird. He's the kid is like literally pounding on Baya being like, "You're a monster! You're a monster! You're mm. a monster!" Meanwhile, the rest of the movie, they're like, "It's a monster! It's a monster!" It's like, "Ooh, she's the monster now." Also, <laughs> Whoa, like, never seen that before. How how long has the kid been with him? Forty two hours. Right, exactly. Like, not enough time to like they develop kid, a familial they, bond. They kidnapped. I mean, they, 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 they speak the same language. It's as. like they gave him. They gave him food, I guess. But they kidnapped him from his father. Yeah, and from his people. Yeah. He's like. He's like. Uh, he's like what eight, ten. You know, like yeah, he's like ten. He's, probably. He, you know, like he, he's old. He's he's developed a very strong relationship with his family at this point. So it, it's really, it, it that's what I find to be odd. Right is like yeah. is, is is the the more like the micro elements here like the the macro is fine like but those aspects I, I find to be weird and and also too I really don't like that they set up the ending with Bea and Heron as like the progenitors of the new world because he's like a boy 
Like he's like I'm, a child, and I I don't know. That's kind of weird. Like, I mean, she's she's like two or three years older than him. She just gets her first period in the in the beginning of the movie. Like yeah. They're they are of a yeah, they are like caveman logic. Yeah, whatever, they're but... they're close to similar age. I, I don't think we need to age gap uh, the teenage <laughs> the, the teenage girl and the ten year old boy. Well, I was uncomfortable. Who become but, the new Who become yeah. the new Adam and Eve at the end? Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, Adam, Adam, and yeah, the, the the new Adam and Ava uh, <laughs> at, at the end of this one, or Ave, or whatever. So yeah, there's that. I think. Um, yeah, the descent elements in the third act when they're in the cave. And that stuff is cool. I like the I like the light. The, the cave is open at the top, so like we can see the light. Like it's kind of they got to ventilate it. They you know they have their yeah the fire going. It, it's kind of it's kind of cliche where it's like the lightning flashes and ooh you see something behind her and then the lightning flashes again and but ooh, the lighting is so good. Like, I know it looks it looks so it all, nice it all looks very I'm, good. I'm it's it's a very pass, it's a very nice it's a very good looking film like consistently throughout. Yeah and and. But it is, and, and, I, and I do agree. I, I think you end the second act with the reveal that the the enemy is people, right? And they still try to play up the tension the same way as the second act. So the right. third act is still, they're in the cave. What's in the cave? Well, we know what's in the we cave. We know, it's just people. Yeah, and, and so, like, it, yeah. And, and this is this is where I do agree. It needed some work. Um... And it's, it's a bit, you know, it's a little weird again, like how they play with time because again, the boy is like just super on board with them and it doesn't make much sense. And two, like, I don't understand her regret at the end either because people or not, we saw what they did to Adam. It's true. We saw like they, Mm -hmm. they stole the child and they, they fucked up like Aiden and they dragged off the rest. We saw their gore pit. Like, I'm sorry. Like, like, it's like, like okay, so like, they were kind and they yeah, fed yes. the boy, and they're just people. But it's like, oh, it, it's like, yeah, it's it's like her revelation is supposed to be like, I'm no better than they are. They brutalized us. I brutalized them. Who is the monster? It is all of us. We are all the monster, but we are also just people. But it's just, it doesn't feel. They still earned. came in the dark. It's it doesn't. Boy. It doesn't. None of it feels earned. Yeah. None of it feels earned. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Which is which is a shame because our protagonist's arc is well earned. Her going from like I the stray to the like like again like like this like really dark night of the soul where she's the one who um is is pro cannibalism and too I really like that bit too like where where she's the one who's like hey we've got meat right here let's eat and we have that wonderful bit of tension with her and Gare where um she's just fucking chowing down. On Aiden. Yeah. She's like, this guy tried to rape me. I don't give a shit. I'm hungry. I'm going to eat him. And she's chowing down, and, and Gayer's like really disturbed by that. Because like we see her like licking the crease off her fingers and shit. Yeah. And like, I mean, they haven't eaten in days. Yeah. And, and Gayer just has to like bury it. Like, like right in front of him. He mm-hmm. digs a little hole, and he puts it in there, and he covers it. I love that too. Like, he covers, his, he covers the shame, you know? And he looks back over at her, and she's just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm trying to survive. Yeah. And, uh, and then later in the film, when they're they're dealing with the Neanderthals, she has the energy to fight them, and he doesn't. Like he barely gets by, but he gets his little kill in, you know. Like yeah, uh, I, I mean after, after she's, she's after she's already mortally yeah. wounded and, him, yeah, he he just stabs the yeah, the guy with and the spear. I like spear, that. And that yeah. reinforces that like she she has the energy to keep going and to do that because she made that hard choice and she's willing to. Um, even though like, lo- the, the long-term effects of cannibalism are known, but, um, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you do what you gotta do to survive. Yeah. 
and uh, that's that's all cool at least. But no, I'm not I'm not going to defend like so much of the third act because like I will I will agree that they they really did it. Like they in 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 the second act, I I think we can all agree they nailed that. Like, nailed it. They, yeah. they fucking nailed it. And I, I the the only defense I'm going to make is just that I think we were let down because they did a good job. You for know? for me, for absolutely, absolutely, But like, uh, I'm, uh, that's I mean, consistently on the but, podcast, that's always when I'm the most frustrated yes. with a film is that mm-hmm. when it really has me going and then lets me down, and yeah. that, this is absolutely one of those cases. And and so you know, just because of that, I I feel also like it's I find it a little hard to critique the man is the monster like conceit of the film. When they had me thinking man is the monster, like, that they did a good job with that. So, like, it's just kind of hard for me to wag my finger, like, that much at the ending. Like, my my gripes are more just at, like, how the tension is lost. At, that like, the, the mechanics of the narrative. Um, the answer is to split the difference. Man is also the monster. This is fine. Yes, no, many, well I, I many, agree. many stories do this. Yeah. Many stories do this. Man can also be the monster. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I, I think we should rate this. We've, we're, we're going pretty long. Mm-hmm. Um, this is discussion. This, this was good. Bit. Ben, you start. We're gonna go from lowest to highest. Okay. I already know how this is gonna go. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna mince words. This is this year's Gretel and Hansel Oof. or the Other Lamb. This is. A pretentious movie. This is a shallow movie that tries very hard to be smart, um, and it is a bad message movie with nothing terribly insightful to say. Um, I think characters are flat. It is very badly paced. The second act is great, as we've talked about. Um, the rest of it, to throw it in the trash. Not for me. I am going to give it a 2 out of 5. Yeah, uh I'm I'm certainly not that that harsh on this one. I I think it's I think it's a film with a shallow message and a shallow ending that is too afraid to be a great monster movie. I I think it's uh that that is ultimately what it is is that if it had just uh decided to not have a fucking hacky ass message uh, in the third act that, uh, it, it could have truly been a, a great, uh, gimmicky, but great, uh, novel monster film. Uh, for the first hour of this movie, I was like at a hard four and a half out of five. Um, but for how much I, I hated the third act, it's got to lose a full star. Still going to give it a three and a half out of five. Um, cause I think there's more good than bad in this movie, but man, the bad is bad. It's, it's really disappointing, but bring us home, Clave. Right. So I, overall, I really, I really like this film. Um, there've been times in the past where I've been very let down by a film where I saw the potential in, but I think this one is unique to me because I feel like my guess is when they set out to make this movie, their goal was to make the Neanderthals feel like a monster. And I think the the true flaw of this film is that they did too good of a job. <laughs> I think I think that they they did such a good job of making the Neanderthals feel like a an alien creature that 
they want they left us wanting an alien creature movie. Like that's that's my take. Sure. Is is that they they that from the beginning I think that they set out to do this thing and it's why I don't have so much hate in my heart towards them trying to do that thing because also I like the idea of a caveman film, you know, pitting Homo sapiens against Neanderthals. I like that. And I, I love so much about the, the, the vibes of this film. And, and again, like even the characters and, and the sound design and the rest and so much of it. And I love that second, second act so much. And even the, the, the artistry of the third act is still great to me. There's some incredible cinematography in those sequences. I think of the shot where she runs up over the hill and we see her in the distance and they, they kind of let her go because they plan on following her. Like, that shot where she turns around, she still looks kind of like a creature. And it's it's really nice, the big mountain behind her. It looks great. I'm just going to give this movie a strong four for me. It, it's and it, and it, it's a really hefty strong four. It's not a 4.5, but, like, I will, I will give it that. That will give Out of Darkness an average of 3.2 out of 5 and a pretty uh, wide gamut of uh recommendations or not on that one so make your own decisions whatever i'm not your dad (laughs) (laughs) um next week uh it's come back around to my pick uh i'm very excited about this week's pick um we're gonna talk about a uh really hidden gem found footage horror movie that i discovered uh several months ago that has uh left a a really strong impact on me that i think you guys are really gonna like we're gonna be talking about savage land next week if you don't haven't seen it don't know nothing about it i encourage you to stay that way i think it will really uh uh, reward a, a fresh watch i'm i'm very excited it it has after I saw it, it immediately shot very, like, way up high in, like, goat found footage horror movies for me. Oh, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, to rewatch it and talk about it next week. All right. If you, if you like the show, be sure to uh, rate and review the, the show wherever you're listening to it. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podpeoplepod. We have just opened up early episode access uh, to our uh, $3 tier on Patreon. So if you subscribe at $3, you get episodes two days early. $5, you get that plus Discord access. $10, you get all of that, plus you get to recommend films for us uh, for our Patreon pick episodes. So patreon.com slash podpeoplepod. Also, letterbox.com slash podpeoplepod, where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews. For my recommendation this week, I'm actually going to recommend a movie that, Ben, you recommended to us uh, recently. I watched uh, Venom last <laughs> night uh, from 1981. Not not the, the Spider-Man Venom. Venom! Gotta get him! Nope, not that one. Um, it's a, uh, a movie about a uh, kidnapping that uh, goes wrong when a deadly black mamba escapes in the apartment. Klaus Kinski's in it? Is that right? Klaus Kinski and Oliver Reed are the kidnappers <laughs> in this. Room-filling Two room-filling personalities. The movie, yeah. Wow. The, the movie, the story is... is they play off each other. I gotta see It's that. a mid-movie elevated by two incredible actors. Yeah, two insane, two insane uh, uh, powerhouse performance who hated each other. Who hated each other. 
Um, yeah, the it, the movie does a not a great job of blending like the the crime thriller with the creature feature kind of vibe. It's very all over the place. Apparently, Toby Hooper was originally directing it, but then oh, uh, but he he left from a nervous breakdown supposedly caused by Klaus Kinski bullying him off of offset. <laughs> Yeah, and they brought in that's such that's a Klaus Kinski thing to do. And yeah, they brought in another, and they brought in an, another director <laughs> to take his place. And all I'll say off of that is, Toby Hooper is a legend, one of the greatest horror f- directors of all time. But proven that he has a far weaker constitution than Werner Herzog, allowing himself to be bullied offset by Klaus Kinski. I mean, no wonder, yeah, like, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna bring a gun to the it's, set. It's not, for, a, it's not, a, it's not a fantastic <laughs> movie, but it's a very weird, interesting movie, yeah. and the ending, particularly, oh had me oh. fucking rolling. Oh. It's incredible. So, it's on okay. Tubi. Yeah. It's called, it's called Venom, Venom. from 1981. Gotta get yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, what you got, Ben? Uh, well, for my recommendation, uh, this week, as of recording, Steam Next Fest is going on to their uh, big showcase of tons of demos. I think there's like a thousand plus. Um, They do this twice a year in February and October, August, October, one of the two. Um, But I've played like 30 demos since Monday. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to rapid fire. I'm going to rapid fire recommend five really good ones. Um, Children of the Sun. It's kind of a Hitman style um sniper puzzler um where you have one single shot and every time you kill an enemy you get to shoot from that enemy to the next one big super hot so so you have to kind of strategically plan out a route throughout all the enemies and some are undercover some are moving it's really cool the style style is awesome check it out um bellatro it's like slay the spire but with poker Super fun. Echo Point Nova is this movement momentum based first person shooter where you're going super fast. Everything is momentum based. So you have like a skateboard hoverboard that makes you go even faster and like swoop around corners and stuff. I like the skateboard. Uh, you have again. double jumps, you have a grapple hook, you have a uh, boost ability. Like you are just constantly moving. And uh, it does that so well. You're moving so fast. Super fun. And the last one is Mullet Mad Jack. Um, Mullet Mad Jack is a uh, maximalist uh, Twitch first-person shooter where you have 10 seconds to kill enemies. And each enemy gives you a couple more seconds. So you're running through levels as fast as possible trying to kill enemies to chain as you get to the end very inspired by like late 80s early 90s anime yeah so those are the four big ones i'll recommend this week okay i don't have four recommendations i have one um uh very simply uh uh i i saw uh nausicaa in the valley of the wind at the carolina theater here in durham uh this last wednesday and my shout out is just going to be to uh, local independent theaters. If, yeah! If, you, if you've got one near you, like, just go and support them however you can. I, getting to see a classic film on the silver screen is a special thing, and it is as important as celebrating fine art 
or classical art or any other kind of the arts, in my opinion, it's incredibly important that we we respect history and make these classic masterpieces available to be seen as they should be seen. Go go watch an independent like fucking classic film. Yeah, go you. support your local independent cinemas. They struggle. Trust me, they struggle. <laughs> so go go see movies if you can. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. Until next time, uh, stay in the firelight or whatever. <laughs> <laughs>